Hello, I'm Kagan McLeod, currently the artist on Captara from Image Comics, and I'm listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That was extra strong. You sound excited. I have not slept in like two days because I'm so excited. Oh, damn. Hey, you're going to be, oh, be falling asleep and shit while we're walking. I, 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 well, I think I fucked up my knee, so like I think Roland's going to have to like carry me in like a papoose and walk around the car. Well, I'm going to bring you some so I can draw a dick on his forehead. <laughs> I warned his forearms because I just found out that uh, tomorrow evening... The wife has back to school night, so Ooh. our babysitter's gonna be here. Ooh. So, so she, so the dog is gonna go absolutely batshit between the babysitter and you guys all being here all at once. <laughs> He's probably gonna deploy his bowels all over the floor. Nah, you think he'd be used to us by now? Oh, yeah. Once a year, how is that used? Dude, to he it? barks at the babysitter every time he comes, like even though it's like twice a week. Wait, the babysitter's male? Yeah. Ah, shit. Oh, you were on. There goes that scenario. <laughs> he, he's a good boy too. He's 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 going to a Comic Con on Thursday actually. Oh, oh nice. Well, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll get him all moved up <laughs> to the Comic Con. He's a he's a Mormon, so watch the language. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. By the time they're listening to this, it will be the day of your arrival. Yes, it will. Thanks to the magic of the internet. Giggity, giggity, giggity. Yeah, it's crazy. We should do it more than once a year. Oh, you think? Yeah, you uh, keep stopping me from yeah. coming. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm begging. Dap and I, Dap and I will be in Chicago next year, so. <laughs> well, I made a promise. That's right. Yeah, that's us. But yeah, you did. To Will. Uh-huh. Hey, you know, you're not the only men in my life. Yeah. Hmm. You don't really have to tell us that. Pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite a kind of, kind of hard. The only ones that matter, really. <laughs> it's true. Hey, no, that's not. Somewhere little Vinny's like, what? <laughs> like somebody's tweaking his nipples. Hey, everybody. 11 o'clock comics, episode 389. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Es verdad. Y yo soy. El Ángel de Plata. <laughs> Most cumbersome intro ever. No, you're not. Say it again. El Ángel del Plata. No, you're not. The What is that, Angel of the Plane? No, Silver dude. Angel. Silver Angel, dog. From the train. Come on, son. For the I'm, love not up, I'm not up to... Oh, I didn't, I didn't know his wrestling name. Oh. I forgot. You, you were one of those like, oh my god, the way they recreated the yeah, well, but the yeah. visuals were awesome. I forgot the friggin' name. Mm-hmm. You guys caught up? Yeah, I'm, two, I'm two episodes behind. Oh, y'all killing me, man! The finale was. Uh... Oh, the finale I... happened already. Yeah, it was last Sunday. Oh, uh, well, I watched the one. The last one I watched was last night, and it was. Well, I mean, I. I think it was the third to last episode. It was the one where they uh, were were Gus. Sends his baby, baby mama, and uh, his, oh yeah, and parents off the over the border. Now the and we uh, get a look in Icor's background. Yes, that was fan. Only this dude, only 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 my man Samuel could make me actually like want to know 
I'm, I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat wondering what the hell's going to happen to this goddamn Nazi. Like, you motherfucker. So, the, yes, the, the, the finale happened for, the season finale for The Strain and for Fear of the Walking Dead, but the, uh, it was, um, did you guys see that, that animated intro, the credit sequence that I talked, that, that I mentioned a couple weeks ago? I did not. You still, okay. All right. I mean, if you fast forward through the credits or whatnot, or just skip to the first commercial, then then you'll miss it. But it it, it only happened once this season. Oh uh, well, that's silly. Why don't they do it all the time? I don't know. It was like they had like an extra minute and a half to kill, so they 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 ran this. It was weird. That stuff's not cheap. No, and I was trying to figure out, and I want Jason to see it because I'm not. I haven't started reading the Dark Horse books yet, and I don't know if maybe they just borrowed some of Huddleston's art for the. Uh, for the credits. I should oh, interesting. Okay. Self. But anyway, yeah, so so Jason is not that person and and we got way sidetracked from where Vince goes usually. Huh. So yeah, Silver Angel. No, you're not Silver Angel. No, you're not. <laughs> you're Jason Wood in the house. It's convention week. It is. Ah, even though we're excited, we would like you to be excited by getting cheap comic books. Inexpensive as it was, were. And there's only one place to do that. Where? Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcbservice.com. You can get your comics for a fraction of what you would pay in the good old-fashioned brick-and-mortar comic shop, such as the new specials are up, thankfully. And there's a bunch of crazy... The the spread on the specials is really wide. There's really different stuff in here. From Creature, this one caught my eye immediately. It's called Burnt... Comics, number one of four. Get this. A dog chooses to commit suicide and tries to find a creative way to die. Along the way, he encounters obstacles which will further nurture his existential crisis. I saw the cover of this thing and I'm like, I have to have it. The writer artist is Hydro Latigua. It's $3.99. You can get it for 45% off that. $2.19. What, what he did on the front was he has the dog with a bottle of hooch and a broken noose around his neck and his little dog wieners hanging out. He has IV or uh, syringes sticking out of his legs and his back. And what, what the, uh, what Latigua did, he kicked, there's a, a background with like all sorts of objects, like a garbage can and a, a, a flying saucer, fish bones. But what he did was he used a red and blue plate and he kicked one of the plates, he staggered it to whatever, to say the right, and it looks awesome. I love when people do that. I love the staggered look with the red and blue. It looks, it's amazing. I'm excited for this book. I never, I, I've never encountered this, this Hyrolantigua before, but I, I need this book. Uh, from DC, that was long-winded, I'm sorry. Grayson, trade paperback volume one. Nice. Agent, Agents of Spiral. Yes. Tim Seeley, Tom King, Mikhail Yanin, and Stephen Mooney. The cover price on this is $14.99. And it includes Grayson one to four. Mm. Uh, something from Secret Origins number seven. Uh, and you get, you get Futures End number okay. one. Um, you're going to get it for 50% off. $7.49. Oh my God. Last but not least from Marvel. It's the Planet Hulk. Mm-hmm. Sam Humphreys, Mark Lamming, Mike Del Mundo on covers. You get all of the Planet Hulk Warzone, uh, one to five. It's seventeen ninety nine cover. Your price, 
$8.99. You're not going to find it cheaper than that. And this is essential. One by far, one of the best of the Secret Wars offshoots can be yours for 50% off. Go to DCBService.com. Do the right thing. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do Speaking it. of DCB service, they, uh, the Merklers are in New York. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know what? And they're in my doghouse for not reaching out to me to see if I wanted to have a meal with them. Dude, they were, they were in Pelham. They were 25 minutes from my job. Oh, see, that's whack, dude. It is, man. Cam, left to, yeah, Christina, we'll have cool. to, well, well, we they will definitely have to, uh, Christina Collins. We'll we, want, to, we want double, we want double the weight, the, the, the fees this month. Let's, let's meet up. Like, all right. I'll meet yeah, up. okay. Sure. Yeah. Don't tell you the bring your sister? Yeah, we'll no. meet up. Yes. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Don't get me all excited. <laughs> I, I have a shout out. Oh yeah, I, I have a thank you too, but, uh, are we doing that or are we drinking first? Let's do that and then we'll drink. Okay. Uh, today I had to take my daughter for her driver's exam, which she passed. Nice. Yay. Uh, in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, which is about a good half hour. 40 minutes away. So uh, while we were in Honesdale, we had some time to kill, and I stopped in Letterhead Comics. Okay, cool. I've, I've driven by the place many times. Never been in before, though? Never been in before. Right. I stopped. It's a very nice comic shop. They have a pretty large selection for a, an LCS. Um, wood floors, really nice looking. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Isotope, but like a um, not an all-grown-up Isotope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's got... He's got Good selection, but he's 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 a little shop, and um, you know Marvel, DC, Independence, all over the wall, and um, we got to talking, and uh, you know he asked me where I got my books, and I told him, and he's like, oh, did you used to get your books from uh, Dave and Scranton? I'm like, no, nah, I don't get them anymore. I get them through DCBS. I kind of have to because, not that I have to, but they're the best. But I said I use them because they're our sponsor. It's like sponsor, and I told him about the show. He's like, there's a guy that talks about you guys all the time. That comes to our our shop. Nice. So I want I want to give a little tip of the hat to Keith. Oh, respect to Keith. Keith from Honesdale, Pennsylvania, whose uh, home base is Letterhead Comics. I like the shop a lot. Nice. I will be back. That is awesome. Yeah. He had as soon as I walk in, I'm looking at the back issues, and he had Howard the Duck prominently uh, displayed among the back issues. I'm like, okay. He had a copy of uh, Man Thing number one behind the counter. You're in, buddy. In Lake Flynn. <laughs> One of us. So yeah, hey Keith. So thanks. That is great, Keith. And so speaking of man thing, are you, is that the is that the the square that you're gonna draw on my seventies Marvel Jampies? <laughs> Dude, you're killing me. Killing me. We'll see. So, uh, I'll let you have the pick. Well, alright. It doesn't have to be done now. <laughs> It'd be great if you could, I mean, I always like to start it off strong, so if you could, uh, oh, yeah. you might start be able to maybe off. while we're hanging out Wednesday night, you could crack it open. Yeah. Right. Let's move on. I got yeah. topics, I got, I got pens, I, got, I mean, I got everything you need. Topics. Come on, Mahmoud. Uh, I'll give you the choices, Vince. I'll give you the choices. Or at least, here, you know what, you can tell me which one if you were feeling more confident in yourself that you would pick. And then we'll get you liquored up and you'll draw it, okay? Here are the choices. You tell me if you think this is a good Marvel 70s jam piece mix. A Croyer. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Fun to draw. Okay. Brother Voodoo. No. You don't like that? <laughs> I that would draw a man. No, but do you think it's good? Do you think it's good? A good choice for the Jamie yes. stuff. Oh, of course okay. it is. Yeah. Dracula. You know who you get to? You know who you get to draw? Uh, Brother Voodoo. Who? Dennis Cowan. That's a good point. Dracula. Hmm. What else? Ghost Rider. Yikes. 
Howard. <laughs> you gotta get Don Rose to do Howard. <laughs> you gotta. Man, man thing. Yeah, I, I did, did that. Man thing trumps everyone. Radine. Mm. Red Wolf. Nah. Rom. <sighs> you, please, just do me a favor. Get Josh Bayer to draw Rom on your champies. That's the once that I, I I never make you commit to anything. Get Josh Bayer to do Rom. Okay. Well, I mean, do we ever see Josh Bayer? I don't. I don't. We will. He's gonna be. I mean, he's in Brooklyn. He's not gonna be near Comic Con, but no. But he's having a show. Okay. Maybe we we go see him. All right. Shang Chi. Mm -mm. No, I just. I mean, humans are great, but it's Son of Satan. See, that's he's got the loop de dupes on the hair. That's good. (laughs) Werewolf by Night. Nice. That, that's, yeah. that's the list. Pretty good list, though, right? Yeah, man thing. All right, there you go. You heard it all here first, man, y'all. Vince is going to do the man thing on my jam piece. <sighs> He's going to be sandwiched between, like, Eduardo Risso and, uh, and Olivia Coppell. I mean, yeah. I, I have confidence in myself, but not a, not among those oh, guys. Oh, <laughs> should I just spilled some, some seltzer. That's cool. Right. Damn. I'm a mess. Speaking yeah, of seltzer... Yes. What you drinking, David? Uh, not seltzer. I am, uh, this is, this is new. Oh, um, real quick, my, uh, not real quick, cause I don't want to, I don't want to short shrift Chad. Uh, went to, um, the, my, my mail carrier dropped something off on the, uh, well, as Vince likes to hear, my stoop on Stupid. <laughs> uh, and, and opened my box and it was, you know, Chad is just hella cool. It's a, it's a, uh, sent me a birthday present that is only available at Walmart. Not mine. Not the one. Not mine either. Uh, but it is a, um, it is a Funko Pop two pack. Oh, you're uh, loving it. It is a Sand Trooper and Dubak from Star face. Wars. This dude, Renee looked at the Dubak. She's like, Oh my God, that is so cute. It is, it's still in the box. I haven't taken it out yet because I'm not sure if I'm going to display it at work, but it is. It's awesome. And, and this series has, uh, includes, um, Princess Leia as, uh, Boosh, the, the bounty hunter, TIE fighter pilot, Lou Skywalker from Tatooine, uh, Nalan Shield, and Bib Fortuna. So there aren't a lot of characters in this particular set, but I like the set. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if, if, how much, or if there'd be a markup, or if I'd even be able to find it at, uh, at the con this weekend. And the box is huge. I'm not trying to walk around with something like this. So yeah, so so thank you very, very much, Chad. He's, he's awesome. I, 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 Thunderhead has been listening to us from well the beginning. And and uh I have a an old not old, he he uh I think he did it either at a free comic book day or so. he he penciled on on eleven by seventeen on a comic book page. He uh he did a um full figure Iron Man in my favorite armor, the the old Bob Layton, John Romita Jr. armor, and uh, eventually I will send it to him so he can ink it. Uh, or I should bring it with me, maybe see what Dexter's doing this weekend. But I, I it's it's a great, I, I love this version of Iron Man, and 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 Chad nailed it. But it's um, it's it's sitting. Actually, I think it's in my portfolio right now, which I'll have to bring with me. But it's um, Chad is just he he is he is hella cool people. That's awesome. Yep. I am drinking something that I believe this is the first. Cool. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's, I didn't need that remote. This is—I uh, believe it's the first time I am drinking it. It is uh, 
Apothic Dark Red Blend from California. Limited release. This thing sneaks up on you because I had some before with dinner and I was just really feeling it. So I am, uh, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. It's not too sweet. It's, um, there's, there's coffee and dark chocolate. There's, it's, there's, there's, there's quite a bit going on here and I'm, uh, glad I went for it. And I may bring some with me tomorrow night. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. What kind of seltzer are you yeah. drinking, Bo? Uh, I am sipping on some Mandarin Iron Seltzer. Mandarin Iron? Orange. Mandarin Orange. Oh. Uh, and I'm drinking the Raspberry Lime Seltzer. Wow. Gotta gear, we gotta gear up for the weekend. Yeah. Cool. The truth is, if we were recording tomorrow night when you all were here, which is what I really wanted to do, yeah. um, I would be drinking, drinking. Yeah, even when he was like, oh, I thought you guys were going to... I was like, yeah, I know, logistics. Yep. It's all good. It's all good. But we'll, we can concentrate we'll, tomorrow on catching up. Yeah. With one another before the hectacity sticks in. If I uh, ever return from my sojourn to Javits tomorrow. Get that shit done. Gots to get it done. Yep. All right. Let's do the thing... That we do? That we do. That we do. I got something, Vince, I want to start off with because it's going to make you super happy. Oh, good, because then we'll double-team and make him sad. Nice. Go ahead. Uh, I read issues three, four, five, and 6 of... Well, first, let me preface this. There's a lot of talk this week about a certain all-time great comics artist and whether he still has it. I'm going <laughs> to leave that to the side for now. Because I want to talk about another all-time great comics creator and whether he still has it. And <laughs> with that, I read issues three, four, five, and 6 from Avatar Press of Crossed 100. Oh, nice. nice. By Messieurs Alan Moore and Gabriel Andrade. We talked about the first and second issues when it came out. I'm assuming you've kept reading it, Vince. I have. Okay. I haven't talked about it since the first and second issue hit, and I've been saving them up. Now, it's an ongoing series, but I dropped it like it was hot after the sixth issue because mm. Alan Moore uh, dropped it like it was hot. As as did I. Okay. And, and our... um. Our intuitions were correct because I read um, seven, eight. Is nine out yet? I don't. Yes, I think it is. I, I read all of Simon Spurrier's issues, and I just they just didn't click. Okay. Yeah. So to refresh people's memory here, um, and and again, just just to be clear, I this is the only cross I've ever read. Vince is a huge cross fan, but I I have not read the the uh, the other stuff, which I believe wasn't it created by Garth? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. So this takes place a hundred years, hence the name, after the Crossed Outbreak. And it's a future where the vast majority of the human species is gone and the vast majority of the, um, the Crossed, the infected, are gone. Um, so life is certainly not back to normal. It's very tribal, very nomadic, but, but, but people have a, a semblance of some kind of societal existence. And we are introduced to a group of essentially, uh, scouts, scavengers, archivists, historians. They're, they're, they're on, they're going about mapping and, and surveying the land, uh, collecting bits of history, collecting supplies, scouting different places. And, uh, we're introduced to them. And as we talked about in the first and second issue, they come across, uh, not only some infected, but they come across a strange thing in that it's the infected up to this point have generally been, once they get infected, have just become completely insane and cannibalistic and 
homicidal and, and, and sexual and hyperviolent. And they're not really capable of, they're not like zombies, but they're not really capable of a lot of cogent thought or, or, uh, planning. And yet they come across, um, Elvis's, um, uh, joint, uh, is it great, great, Greystone? What is it called? Graceland. 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 Uh, Graceland. Yeah. And inside of Graceland is an actual shrine of some type. And that really freaks them out because there's no, there's no way the infected should be able to create a shrine like that. So the historian brings some of it back and she's got videotapes and they're videotapes of some kind of training exercise where infected are reciting, um, in reciting a, 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 a paragraph over and over again. And then, um, and then they're getting their heads chopped off and all sorts of things. It's a, and they're getting electroshock therapy and, and what have you. So over the course of the six issues, six issues, they, they come back home to Chattanooga. Um, we meet their families, their friends, um, they, they take a road trip to, um, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Shout out to my boy Ashish, who I went to college with is from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> How many people do you know from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, right? Um, true. Tennessee. And what's cool about Murfreesboro is, is over the hundred years, it's become a, a, a Muslim town. Um, they, like they, they've, even though it's like not, it's not people of Middle Eastern descent, like it's become, like a Muslim haven and, uh, it's a supply, like they, so they all share supplies, right? So, so they, they go there for different things and what have you. And the long and the short of it is she's trying to, the historian is trying to piece together all of these tapes and these journals she's finding. And it, it, it speaks to a certain, a serial killer that existed at the time of the outbreak. Hence the salt. Yes. And the serial killer, as it turns out, um, was just as sadistic as they come. And he was so sadistic, in fact, that as the infection starts, it doesn't change him at all. Yep. Like he gets infected, but but he he just in his mind, all this is doing is making everybody else normal, like he is. So even though he's infected with this, he's able to completely maintain his mental capacity, and his logic and his planning. And so he decides to try and create a a, a group of minions, a group of disciples, by literally training some of the the infected to keep their, their wits about them. And it doesn't go well really for most of it, but he eventually gets a handful of, of, of people to be his acolytes. And then he starts having kids with them and, and bring passing it forth and down. And in the videos we're introduced and in the flashbacks we're introduced to a, uh, a young black boy who can go from the infected are like, they speak funny and they curse. And it's almost like they have Tourette's on, on like to the nth power and this this boy has clearly infected, but then he can he can he can he can turn it off, and he can start speaking calmly and normally, as though he's just a normal person. And should I spoil it, Vince? No, no, okay. no, I wouldn't spoil it. But but, but suffice um, to say, there is there is a major. I mean, I think you see it coming a mile away, but but there's a major um, there's a major uh, fox in the hen house, so to speak. It's, see, I didn't see it coming. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No. Um, and it really leaves us, I mean, presu- it is an ongoing series, but this is really written like a six issue series where it ends. And I guess it's maybe Vince, you can tell me if it's like most chopped. It, it, it ends on a completely down note or essentially they, like they're fucked. They, there's, there, they there's all, no hope. They all do. Yeah. It, it always ends on yeah. that. Yeah. So there's no happy ending here. I mean, like, like <laughs> the, the only happiness is in the moments before all of the, all the things, all the stuff goes tits up. And then like by the end of it, you're just thinking, wow, these guys are fucked. 
but I think this crossed um, series is different because what Alan Moore has done as he has again handed down this awesome concept of evolved cross right. where you know Simon Spurrier and Lapham or whoever can come in and just you know spin it into more gold. The the concept is great. At the end of the sixth issue, the human beings, the the uninfected are actually genetically inferior to the crossed because the crossed have been trained and they've been they've been they evolved through salt into they don't speak in, in when you read the the vernacular that Moore has devised for the uninfected it's confusing you have to read things many times just to see what they're just to you know glom onto what they're talking about the crossed actually talk in plain speak so at the end of the six issues, Moore has flipped it to where the crossed are more normal than the, the uninfected, you know, minus the, the need to kill <laughs> and, 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 you know, other stuff. But they can control that, too. The, hence the, the fox in the hen house, constantly around people and yet didn't act on the, those urges. It's like Dexter. You know, I thought I think Moore's brilliant. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I will make two points. One, um, while I I appreciate what what Moore did, uh, I think that he really screwed up. Well, not screwed up. That's the wrong term. He he did it by design and execute against it. But I found the way that they speak annoying. Oh, I love it. I know you did. I, we talked about it in the I, first two issues. Yeah, I I use a fox in 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 my everyday. Mm. You know. Yeah, I mean, so what, just so, so people are clear that more in a typical more fashion, literally, he he assumes as as is the right to assume that a hundred years late from now, people will speak in English, but it will be full of such colloquialisms and neologisms that it almost seems unrecognizable to us from from the way it would have sounded today. And I think that's a product of of the online culture as well. Absolutely, and so I'm not suggesting and, like I think it's well executed. That's why I I, I retrenched my initial statement, but. It, it, it's a it's a slog, I think, to get through. I I I I I didn't enjoy the effort. Um, after a little bit, I was like, the first issue, I remember thinking, oh, that's really cool that he went through the trouble of doing this. But then, by the time I'm in the fifth and sixth, I'm like, all right, can we just can I figure out what you're saying so I can move on? Um, I, I see. I saw it as um, it added a. a dense layer of authenticity no question again it's 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 a it's well it's it's very well executed but i think it's just like i don't like movies with subtitles so just again (laughs) no be forewarned like for people that that may be a deal breaker for some people that might otherwise enjoy a book like this and it may be a not a big deal so i do think it's important to mention it um now i will say this i i am not a huge fan of gabriel andrade's art um i i i think um, it's to me like a, a a messy Russ Braun, like a like a guy that's he's not as consistently good as Russ Braun. Um, I like his art. Um, yeah, I mean, there it's one of those ones where some pages I really think are sharp, other pages I'm like mm, I don't know about all that. Um, so all in all, I guess this is, seems like a very Avatar esque book. Um, based on the little Avatar I've read, it's what I would expect of an Avatar book. Um, I do think there's a layer of intelligence to it that people may not expect because they're so used to just thinking of Cross in a certain way. And not to say that the original Cross didn't have an intelligent layer either. I just mean, I think people feel like, 
whether they've read it themselves or they've heard you talk about it, they kind of get what Crossed is about. And this is different. Right. I mean, there, don't, there, there are some significantly violent offensive components here, but, but, but this is more like The Walking Dead in that it's, the story's really about this group of survivors within this environment versus, right. versus the, the, the Cross themselves. And, because, yeah, because Future Taylor's not only trying to stay alive, she's trying to keep her herself alive and her people alive she's also trying to keep the past cultures alive she's trying to get her fuck I mean, she, on too. She, no, yeah but she's an archivist so she any kind of book she finds that lends insight into what came before she adds it to her cash and so she's she's actually trying to keep the past and the future alive it's true in essence it's just it's a, it's a i think it's a beautiful story she, uh, she um, loves the 69 she does mm-hmm. but the franchise really needed this because the regular Cross series, it's getting played out. I mean, it's just the same thing over and over and over. Right. So they added this component of um, 100 years later with the intelligent, uh, resourceful, conniving. Uh, it makes the enemy even more right. deadly, which is – I mean, if they can plan, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because before it was just like like – it was like a zombie wave, you know? Um, mindless waves of death, but in, in cross plus 100, they plan and, it, and it's, oh man, it's amazing. Yep. So there you so, go. Man. I mean, your, your, your money may vary, but, um, after reading, uh, however many issues across now, 84, 85, this was a breath of fresh air. I mean, I love the franchise, but it, it re, it, it very much needed, uh, a kick in the pants. So when more comes back, you can start reading it. <laughs> Cy Spurrier is just going the, the regular route. It's just gross out after gross mm, out. Okay. Yeah. There's this one issue where there's this gigantic fat woman and her nasty bits are all splayed open and there's like kids popping out of it. It's like, what? I mean, I liked it, but <laughs> not in this setting. I think more has established an element of taste such as it is into the cross universe, I wouldn't, I mean, I would go into the nasty bits, but not to the extreme of the regular series. Because then people don't take you seriously. How many times have I talked about crossed? And, and I think the concept is brilliant, but the shenanigans are so violent and so over the top where people just automatically discard it, you know, because it's like, oh, it's just, that's all it is, is this, this hyper violent, disgusting you know um horror book and it is to a certain extent but there's more to it than that but a lot of people won't see it because of the the gratuitous gore mm-hmm. so. well there you go buddy i read that just for you i'm glad you somewhat liked it no i really did i mean it, like it, and it's the perfect amount I'm, I'm actually glad that more just did the six issues because i'm just going to treat this like a miniseries it was i was in yep. the mood to read something like this it is the halloween month and all that and it was a nice little, little, you know, aside from the stuff I normally read, but I'm good and I've had my fix of it and I'm ready to get back to some other things. Right. And, and honestly, you don't really have to read anything else. I think he ended it very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great stuff. So what have y'all it's, been reading? Oh, I got, I'm like Jimmy JJ Walker this week. Dino Mike. I'm, I'm all Dino Mike. Nice. That's all I have. <laughs> I'll kick us off then. Oh, really? Yeah, what do you got to start with? Okay, um, being the month of October, 
I said I would uh, only have horror, and one is a tried and true horror book. But this first one, there are horrific elements in it, but it's not straight horror, and it's written by a friend of ours, Mr. Cullen Bunt. He is a friend of ours. Yes, illustrated by Giovanni Timpano and color art by Marco Lesco. I have read The Shadow, zero to two. That's three issues mm. for those of you, for those of you who can't count. Maths. Yeah, and Bun is funny because the 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 premise of of this series is borderline ridiculous, but because of it, he it, it it excites me because I don't think there are many writers that would try something like this. Um, in a nutshell, the shadow is on the hunt of the Society of United Magicians. Mm-hmm. And they're all ridiculously flamboyant. They got the top hats on. They walk and they, you can tell they're just like spreading their capes out like bon vivant. I'm a magician, you know, and um, it, it started. It starts with Harry Houdini, as all good magic stories should start. Right. Uh, Houdini, as we know, harbored a lot of secrets, but that's the prestidigitator stock and trade is is secrecy. But one particular secret he would only share with one soul. His wife, wife. Bess. Okay. Yes. But this secret was delivered from beyond the grave. He came to her after he was dead and told her this secret. And it is of monumental importance. But um so she's a little scared, a little worried, it shakes her to her, her core. She passes on the information. Um, and it's called the secret of the last illusion. Uh, she passes it on to um, one person, the only person she can trust. Not Lamont. Lamont Cranston. Mm. See, Cranston was Houdini's student and his friend. Houdini taught Cranston stuff. Um, and so now Lamont Cranston knows the secret. But the magicians in the, the society, they want this secret desperately. And they will do anything to get it including murder. Uh, they believe that one of the ways to, to, to get this secret is to confront Houdini himself, who's dead. So they have um, one of the societies on his deathbed, and they use him uh, to try and get to Houdini. It sounds preposterous. Sounds ridiculous, right? Um, that doesn't work. So they resort to murder. They, they track down one of their own who's gone... Um, uh, on the lamb and they, they suicide him by card. They flick a card at him and it cuts oh, his, go bullseye. cuts his garage <laughs> and the, and the guy's dying and it's like, you have a task to fulfill. You have to, you've got to get this secret. But the thing that won me, I mean, the first zero issue was great. The first issue was awesome. Issue two won me over. I will stick with Colin Bunn's run on the shadow till he decides he is finished because in issue two, both Cranston and his alter ego have run-ins with the great beast himself, Alistair Crowley. <laughs> See, Crowley distanced, distanced himself from the society, but not before swearing an oath of secrecy. And Crowley's not going to go back on his oath. But when the shadow accosts him, he, what, what can you do when the shadow's staring down with you with that big old nose? Um, his resolve shatters. And he tells the shadow of the last illusion, which was devised by a 14th century scholar 
um, named uh, Vardell, I think it's Goshlin. Um, and the, the, this is where there's a teeny tiny bit of, of, uh, problem with issue number two. The, um, the, the secret is retold in two double page spreads and, um, some of the panel captions are repeated mm. over the, um, they both start the same way. And I think, I don't know if that was a production error or, I mean, obviously they didn't catch it, catch it, or maybe it'll be corrected in reprints, but there are some panel captions that are, are repeated, but I, I just had so much fun with this. I love this book. And it's at the core, it's silly. A society of magicians. And it's not, they're not just stage magicians. These are guys that have, are dabbling in the esoteric. Um, one thing I want to read to you, and this is the, 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 the dialogue in particular that just like, damn you, Cullen Bond, you got me. Mm. Cranston's, Cranston's sitting with Crowley in, um, in a club and he says, on to business. It seems we share a common interest in art. And Crowley's like, well, he goes, I understand that you are engaging the services of the talented Frida Harris. Now, to anyone else who doesn't know the lore and the mythology of Aleister Crowley, that'd be like, okay, um, you know, Bun's setting, setting up, um, an authentic character, uh, uh, study of Aleister Crowley. But to those who do know, it's like, zing! Frida Harris was the woman who painted Aleister Crowley's, t- uh, Toth, um, tarot deck. And these images are gorgeous. And there's like some of my favorite, most favorite paintings of all time on these tarot cards. And Bun just sticks it in to this issue of the shadow as like an offhanded comment. It's amazing. Hmm. I love this. And, the, and they go into the OTO. Um, and it's, it's a brief exchange between the two characters, maybe two pages, but it just made the issue for me. It's like, bam, it's, it's, it's authentic. Gabriel Hardman has a cover. Nice. Uh, Butch Geis has a cover. Just great. Great stuff. And, and it's from Dynamite. Dynamite. I'm sick of saying that. I will not say that anymore. Because Dynamite, they've, they've changed my opinion vastly on their output. Wow. Recently. They yeah. don't. I love this shadow. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and that shadow loves you. Yeah. I'm going to give uh, Mr. Bunn a big hug in New York. Frida Harris, you bitch. Love it. <laughs> Somebody else, take it. Oh, well, should we get the, um, should we get the disagreements out of the way? Give a shit. Whatever. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. Sure. Well, alright, we, um, Vince saw it before, Jason and I. Apparently Jason and I watched it this past weekend, but we finally, finally got around to watching Mad Max Fury Road. And mm-hmm. I guess I I expected more based on everybody's reaction to it. I didn't Right? I didn't um No, you guys are crazy. No, we're really Go not, ahead. we're really not. But you are. No, you're, no. You're seriously cool. Because I, I there were parts of it, especially in the beginning, I was once, once we were out in the desert, once, uh, Firosa was, was diverting from her, her, uh, intended mission and, well, at, at least Joe's mission for her and, and decided to, um, do what she wanted to do. I was enjoying it. I, I, um, there were some things in the beginning 
that I thought just kind of got in the way, but I really, it, it soured me when we got to the end. It was a very, uh, Hollywood ending with, with, uh, with the, basically it was a happier ending than, than I thought either that the movie deserved or, or should have had based on everything else that happened before it. It, 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 that really, um, just, it, it didn't erase what I enjoyed for the previous hour and a half, but it, it definitely, um, it did make it better. And, and that's when I was kind of just not, I, I guess I was just looking for something that I, everybody else had seen. And I was, I was, I, maybe I'm missing something. I, I it was pretty straightforward. I, I, I sat, I watched it, didn't have anything else diverting my attention. And, uh, and I was, I was into it. I thought, I, I thought the action was great. I thought it was, it was very well, uh, it was very well made. I, I, all of the characters, the craziness of it, um, most of the wives, I really was digging it, but it just, like I told you guys, it wasn't that Alpha and Omega. It was not the be all and, and end all to me that I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think it's fair to say, I, I don't think I can remember a movie that was as universally praised as this film in years. I, I, I don't, I don't remember the last time that people from all walks of life, from all different touch points of my, my relationship circles all seem to really enjoy this, this movie to such an extent. Um, so I thought there was literally no possible way that I wasn't going to love every second of it. And, uh, I, I, I'm mystified that this movie is as loved as it is. <laughs> Like I'm complete. Like it, it, it actually makes me question our society's future. <laughs> well, that, maybe that was the point. I when when he's running away from from the uh, from the war boys initially, and 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 he's running through everybody, either that he's let down or 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 he's failed. It, it that just there wasn't. There were things that 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 Miller and company threw at you that I just wanted more of or why didn't we where's the if if they just made it straightforward from he's captured and he's thrown in i i thought it, it was it was a neat twist on on how i mean you know he's a blood bank and and homeboy and, and beast is like listen i need to I, I i need to drive and i'm taking him with me and this is what we're going to do and how he was he how how max got involved with everything and uh basically you know the enemy of my enemy. Everybody's, everybody's very, um, not self-centered, but they all have a mission. They, they, Max wants to just survive. Hirosa just wants to get the women to where she wants to get them. And, and everybody has a reason for being. And, and, and there's Joe who just, you know, wants his women back and, and, you know, my property, my, my babies. And, and so everybody has a purpose, but they were just, other things that that were going on that uh, just started to kind of stray and blur lines, and and that's where I was just it, it. If it was just straightforward from start to finish, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. I like first of all, 
let's just be upfront, love it or hate it. There's no plot. There's, there's no plot. It's, it's, it's a giant music video. Um, secondarily, I, I am waiting. To, I'm trying to figure out what makes Tom Hardy, uh, uh, a movie star. Cause I've seen him now in, in Bane. Yeah. In Inception. Yep. And in this. And if he's uttered a cogent sentence yet, I must have forgotten about it. He grunts. He, he, he looks tough and he overmodulates his voice. Like I, I honestly cannot believe, like, I don't think the guy can act. I really don't. Now, admittedly, not to say Mel Gibson in the originals was a great actor, not to say that Arnold when he was doing the Conans was a great actor. So I'm not suggesting that you need to have some thespian in the epicenter of a good action movie. But I do not get like this dude is seemingly always on the short list of people that people clamor to see in a movie and I just don't get it. Um really the the movie would nothing to do with him. Like he was like this strange little offshoot of the movie. Like I I mean um I agree that it was beautiful. The movie was unbelievably well filmed. I mean, I think visually it's a flawless movie. And right. I think that's a lot of why it was so universally loved. And it is, for better or for worse, a nonstop action. I mean, it's just, it's, from start to finish, it's just action packed. So kudos there. But I really didn't give two fucks about any of the characters. Like I, <laughs> I honestly had no, I didn't find myself once rooting for any of them, hoping, being happy that some survived and caring that others died. Like I just, they just seem like vapid, like just placeholders to me of, of like, again, it felt more like an MTV music, like a video than it did a movie to me. Um, and I, I, I guess part of it for me is that, is that, uh, I, as much as I love dystopian and post-apocalyptic stuff, I never dug the original World War, uh, World War stuff. I, I just thought it was corny, like just, just cheesy looking like the, the strange, like depictions of things. And I feel like the same thing again, like I thought, Having him as a blood bag attached to the front of that, like a mass, just made no sense to me. I mean, he would have died a thousand times in that in that in that drive, like just from just from inhaling the, the sand and 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 the heat and stuff. Like he he wouldn't have just survived. Like it just it it made no sense to me. So, um, and then the end, dude. Like when they come back to like 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 they spend all that time trying to escape and yeah, they're like, let's I go know. back. Yeah. It's like, what? Like that's, why? That's kind of the turning like, point. Like they, go back. What? Um, so I, uh, man, I, I rarely, I feel like there's tons of movies that I like or dislike that, that, that I necessarily don't vibe up with like the consensus view and I can kind of wrap my arms around why the consensus thinks the way they do, but I'm truly genuinely <laughs> shocked that this movie is considered like a 99% like fresh tomatoes. I, I, I don't get it. Like somebody explain it to me. Vince, explain it to me. <laughs> Like, what's awesome about it? Nah, I'm just gonna let you guys see oh crazy God. for a change. No, just leave, leave it at that. See, see the so reaction you, you get. No, I got lots of stuff. Oh. I just don't, un- I don't understand it. I just, I, I, I don't, you're saying there's no plot. What was the plot of the Road Warrior? There wasn't one. Get That's the, why it sucked. Get, get, it didn't suck. It's very simple. Get the gas. What other, in this kind of environment, your needs are very simple. Hmm. Right? They need gas. They need to stay alive. So it's it's not want, it's need. You don't have gas, you don't get anywhere. You don't, you know, Immortan Joe, he's dying. They all have some kind of cancer. Yeah. The, the the war boys have like lymphoma. Boils and yeah, because he's got his, his his friends. Was it Larry and Gary or Jerry and it? He's yeah, yeah. yeah. So why does why does Immortan Joe want the women? Not not only are they his property, but 
he will live on in this kid. Right. He's not gonna, he's not gonna die, so he wants this kid. That's all the plot you need. Bring my kid back. It's, it's, it's very simple. And this is what spirals out of one man's ridiculous quest to bring back his child. They came back to this, to the stronghold because the, the, uh, the fox was, out on the road and it wasn't guarded. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously they, they go back because there's water, there's crops, they can survive, they can live there. But it, to me at that point, once, you know, Max is like, listen, we can drive for 160 days and there's nothing but salt. And you're just going to die. Right. So it's do you the keep going and die or do you just take this, this chance? But that to me at that point where everybody, because she, all she wanted to do was get the wives safe back home where, where, what she's familiar with. But obviously they already passed what Fiorosa considered home. Uh, I thought the crows were great. The dudes walking around on sticks and that, that was freaky yeah. as fuck. Why did Furiosa identify with the wives? Right? Because she was taken as a oh, child as right. well. She, yes. she, she was turned into property yes. as they were. Right. So she kind of, you know, met them on, on, Equal footing. That's why she did. That, it. Which, which I get, but it, it at, at that once, once they turned around, and it was it was great more action because this way you know you got, but it, it that's when it just felt like a. This is what was tested. Our our focus group said, "Listen, we 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 need happy. We need we we want to make sure that you know the wives get their revenge and that and that everybody you know is all smiles and and and." It's it's a real happy ending, and that's where with everything else that led up to that, that's where it just it, it screeched to a halt for me, and and it just it it didn't feel like what came before it, and and that that was that's my biggest issue. Well, I think the way Immortan Joe died is really important to the movie because but that was also quick. Because the, the the mask got caught in the spear and then it got yanked out with the tire and yeah it was fast but here's a guy who casts himself as a god yep. not only not only to himself but to all his people I will lead you into Valhalla you're not going to do shit you're a dude oh, with cancer right. you're fat yep. you need something to breathe with and you just man. got beat by a one arm woman yep. and now he know, was like a poor man's Harkonnen to me that yes the the uh Without the little boys. But what, what, yeah. what, what weirded me out for a minute is that the mask that he was wearing throughout the entire movie, the, the teeth are closed, the, the jaw is clenched. Yet when he is, when, when the first wife that, uh, when, <laughs> when she got run over, they, they ran, he ran over her and now he's holding her body. The, the mouth on the mask is open. Yeah, I, I don't remember the mask ever having movable parts. I don't think of such things. <laughs> I don't know well, why. See, but this is the thing. I mean, it it stood out to me. It's just these these, and, and it was it was neat because it was it's like Spidey's mask. It's like you know when he, when when he's angry, the, the the eyes. How the fuck do the eyes move on on a mask? You know, it, so that's artistic license. I'm cool with that. But it was just that that jumped out at me, and I'm like, and so for the rest of the movie, every time we see Joe's face, I'm like, I'm looking for hinges. I'm looking to see if the mouth moves. I'm like, this is oh a dude. You know, I'm watching this because all of my friends are like, this is the best thing ever. I love this better than sex. And I'm like, and I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out what. So, yes, I'm I'm looking at everything on my screen from a hinge. To the next. 
a hinge killed the movie for you. I, no, no, it, it that didn't kill the movie. But these are things that, as they add up, I'm 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 not looking for faults. I'm just trying to I, I'm I'm watching it because I want to like what my friends like. I want to see. I want to know what the hell it is. And and the, but I'm just telling you that at that point, not at that point. That 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 didn't sour me on it. But I know this. It, it added to it. Right. Yeah. I, but visually, a villain in distress with a mouth open is more. Yeah, he was sad. He was sad. It, it was more, you know, yeah. convincing than if he. It's like Bane. Maybe if Bane had Which is, a movie, well, it, it would have been better. I don't know. Which is why I mentioned the Spidey mess. Like I, I like that. That all of a sudden his mouth is open, and then they never referred back to it again. But it's inconsistent. Uh, the uh, the antecedents. Of the movie are, at least to me, are, are apparent. Like I'm, I'm watching it, and halfway through, I'm like, "This is a mix of the 2000 AD aesthetic with a little bit of Games Workshop thrown in, and the old, the the, the previous Max movies, and it's all smashed into something like brand new." Mm-hmm. I, I I have to agree with you on one point. Visually, I think it's a tour de force. It, yeah, it's no, far I agree with more, that. I mean, I think it, yeah. it's far more engrossing visually than it is story wise. Mm. But that, but there are, there are, there is a story to it, and there, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of layers to it. If you want to, you know, jump into it, there's, there's things you can, you can glean from the what little information they give you. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, as a world, it was completely convincing from from start to finish. The, it, it just, the, there are. When I think about my favorite movies, and I, 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 why do I love this movie so much? Like, say, Alien. Obviously, the design of the creature, the ships, the the whole world. Right. But but there's those little tiny moments where that world transcends into something that I remember forever. Like the chestburster, you remember that friggin' scene forever, right? Yeah. The, the, there were, there were instances in Fury Road that I will always, like just the design of a Morton Joe, you're, you're not gonna shake that. It's a brilliant design. No? Absolutely. Like I said, the, the, the visuals are, from the movie are, are phenomenal. I, I, and, I got no issue with that. Right. And I just, I just thought that the story was, I mean, it, it didn't reinvent post-apocalyptic films, but it, it was, there was more than enough. To drive the visuals, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with the ninety-nine percent for, that's, for that's once. A, that's aces. It's all good. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you're I'm not saying you're wrong because it, it's you can't. It, it it no, you can't exactly. But if you just say, you know, uh, we might as well get into it, like this this Frank Miller drawing. <laughs> I'm oh, gonna go there, really. Yeah, we're gonna go there because Boy. I'm 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 reading. And of course, we're talking uh, about the, the Frank Miller cover. It's gone weak. To, the cover to the mini comic, not it's right. The not, cover to the mini right. comic for Dark Knight Three, um, Miller's um, rendition of Superman of a of a digital colored Superman in the Adam. Because apparently, the the digital colors are not doing it any favors. That is what I found out about an hour ago. And I'm reading the comments, and most of them are based on what 
these people base their comments on what they've come to expect from a drawing of Superman. That's not my Superman. No, that's no that's no Superman that I've ever seen. No, it's no, not. It's not. It's not. It's Frank. Frank Miller's depiction of Superman. It's ugly in all the right places. Um it's again, this is I, I'm not gonna attribute any part of the drawing to whatever physical ailments are impacting Frank because this is the image he wanted to deliver to DC. Right. If if he wanted to try to do the old Frank Miller, he would have done so. He felt that this was the image he wanted to deliver to them. So I'm taking this image as it is. I don't think it's a bad drawing. It's exaggerated. It's ridiculous. It's everything that the first one is not. It's it's more in line with the second one. Oh, it's absolutely. Even, it, it's even more exaggerated than the second one. So he played it straight, relatively straight for the first one. He threw the fanboys the finger with the second one. And this one, God knows what he's doing, but he's doing he's it. Himself. He's doing it the, the right. He's doing the, that image the way he wanted to do it. And, but there's people like freaking out. It's not a bad drawing. This is the thing. If it, it doesn't matter who draws any image, any, any comic, any cover, you can, what I'm not keen on are the people who are defending it and, and they can, but that they're going to say all about, they're going to tell it, they're going to give us Frank's resume and how many comics and stories that you enjoyed that this man gave us. Right. And because it's Frank and because Frank is drawing again, that the people who dislike this image should automatically like it because, hey, this is what Frank gave you, so shut up and fucking take it. And I, I no. am not. That's not a good I, argument. No, it's not. It's not. And no. and that. So just because if you don't like the cover, that's fine. Don't insult the man. Don't look for something that he drew back in 1986. Don't attribute it to poor health. That's bullshit. This is just just judge this image. If you have to judge it, just just judge on what you're showing. What, what you're saying point. right now, what you're saying right now, is the way all art should Absolutely. be. Absolutely, without a doubt. You you know, uh, yeah. Um, Neil Adams, on paper, in theory, drew better in the Silver Age and the Bronze. Sure, he did. That, but that's not the Neil Adam that's living and breathing today. Right. He draws the way he wants to now. Look mm -hmm. at John Byrne. John Byrne thought it prudent to ink his own stuff. I thought it was a bad idea. Oh, we weren't alone. Yeah, but I mean that's what he wants to do. So you take it as he delivers it. And I, you know, for once, I have to agree with Eric Larson. Eric Larson said, "Buy it, don't buy it." But those are the only right. those are the only choices you have. You do not get to say, "Why can't you draw like you used to?" Right. That's not exactly not, because we've, you know, whether it's we, we, we've said it about Amita Jr. We've said it about LaRocca. We've said it about, I mean, you just mentioned Adams and Byrne and, and you could say Miller. I mean, we've said it about, but what's great about them is that we can bring their names and we can talk about them because we, we know what we like from them. We, we, we grew up and that's what they were drawing at the time when it was so, fresh and new and and left an impression so now we can talk about what we'd rather see by them then you mm -hmm. have other artists who 
have not changed. And, for example, Jim Lee, there's nothing new about his artwork. One would call that running in place. Okay. So there's, but at least with, it's like, holy shit, Miller drew something. You don't have to like it. You, you, you don't have to hate it. You, you can just take it for what it is. The thing for me right now is Miller drew something. I don't particularly care for this image. I'm not writing off the entire eight issues based on this image, but I kind of know what to expect now. I know he's not mm-hmm. going to go back to, to, to the first. No, of course he's and, not. And, he established that with the second. Yes. And yeah. yes, he did. <laughs> good or bad, but it's, you know, so there's, I, me not being a fan of an image is not, it, it's not insulting the artist because that's stupid. Who the fuck is going to look at an image and go, oh, you know, fuck that guy. It, no, that's, that's just not, I, that, that doesn't even compute. And, and when we can kind of, when we're amongst ourselves and, and, and we're having a gay old time about, about talking about stupid shit, that, that's one thing. But I mean, to just, that, the, the reactions were just, were, were insane. And, and yeah, Larson was fantastic. Busey, he was, for once. Busey tweeted yeah. a whole thing. He, he, he basically just. Rob started, uh, dropping me over Rob, Facebook. Yeah. Rob, Rob wrote something on Facebook and basically saying, you know, back off. This man has done more. And, and, and I don't necessarily agree with, with Rob's stance because listen, I, yeah, Frank, I, I don't, if, if I don't like an image, it doesn't mean because I think I can do better than Frank yeah, no, I, or I want to be Frank, but it's, you know, so yeah. And, but you know, Frank is somebody who means a lot to Rob and, and I respect Rob and, and everything that he's done, but oh, go ahead. Go, Sorry. No, no, I don't think it, it's, it, there's just, you know, I, some of the reaction has just been absolutely crazy. I, it's all that entitlement bullshit. Well, yes. People, pe- people think they deserve something from someone right. They, I waited for, for this and Clayton no, Henry no, kept it real. Clayton Henry said on Facebook, look, I, he's like, if I'm being honest, I don't particularly care for the image, like a, as an image, but, um, but I think y'all need to step because I'm seeing a lot of dudes cast shade on this image. And yet I know a great many of you personally have had a field day over the years making fun of Rob Liefeld's anatomy. And you can't have it both ways. You can't, no, you, can't yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't like, you can't defend you know, you, 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 you can't defend like, or come down on people for castigating this image when you see fit to like, why is it okay to bust on Rob and that Captain America picture? Like, and the same dudes are now saying like, you can't speak bad of Frank. Like, it's like, you can, you can critique anything you want and, and that's like, you're entitled to do that. And then, you know, it's settled that that's, that's, that's within everybody's rights. I mean, you can like something or not like something. I think it's just, you know, I think there's a, there's a difference between saying, I don't like that image and, and, and personalizing it or, or sort of reveling in the idea that the guy seems to not be what he want, what you thought he once was like why that should give anyone pleasure is beyond to me. Like, I mean, again, David and I've had a little fun of late about the, but, but I'm not having fun about, about where the man's at. I'm having fun about the fact that we love to give Vince shit about. We didn't think that DK two was all that hot. And, you know, <laughs> But no, you're but, wrong. But like I we said, have... though, if you go back and listen, what we said was, I hope Master Race is a grand slam sales wise. I hope it sells a trillion copies. Oh yeah, I am buying it because I want Frank. To yeah, you know. Frank. And but that said, though, I do think we need to be careful. I think if we're going to be, a, if if we're truly going to embrace this as an art form, you have to allow for people to dislike something too. You have to be able to say you don't like something. 
I, I think the anatomy argument's bullshit. I really do. Where, um, y- y- when you, when you're dealing with a medium that, uh, is, you know, the creative team's interpretation of the human form, the greatest comic artist of all time disregarded anatomy in favor of the visual, the, the you know, an emotional, sure. powerful image. Jack Kirby, he, he, he found anatomy malleable. He just did whatever he wanted to do within the, the guidelines of what he knew of, of the human form, and it worked. It doesn't have to be dead on. If you want dead no, on, of course, you'll right? I mean, I mean, yeah. as we've talked about, look at, you know, Kent and Lemire. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm, one of the things I'm most excited about this weekend, other than hanging out with you boys, is, is that I get to meet Eduardo Risso and that he drew a picture for me. Like, like, yeah. and Risso is not, and again, I, I, I caught up on Southern Bastards this weekend, including reading, uh, this week, including reading issue 11. And I think Latour's crushing it. And Latour to me is the modern day Risso. He, he very much evocative of Risso to me. And, you know, his anatomy is, it, he tells the story. Like the characters are, they have crazy exaggerated anatomy and it's cartoony and it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm with you. I, I don't, I don't think that's, that should be an issue at all. I mean, I, no. I, that's, I mean, look at, um, oh God, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Jim Mafood, right? I mean, yep. he's like, he's graffiti. But he just did a book at Marvel with Scotty for, you know, Howard the Human, yeah. whatever. Um, like, I, I think you can, you, but, but again, to be clear, you can, like, I frequently come across art that I personally don't care for, and I come across art that I adore. Um, I think it's okay to dislike a piece of art. I, I don't, I don't think sure there's anything is. wrong with fix, and, and you should be able to say that you dislike it. But again, I think it's more the way that people are, it's like they're, they're taking just great pleasure in yeah. this one image saying, like, see, I told you. I still told you this is horrible. And it's like that, that's like, I just don't understand that. Like, like what? Why would you want someone to fail? Exactly. Haters got to hate, right? It doesn't feel better sense. about themselves. They, they, they feel bigger when they tear somebody else down. Well, in essence, it, this is just the creative team's interpretation of the characters with which they're playing. Mm-hmm. That's it. If, if you don't like Frank Miller's depiction of superman you've got well, you know you you're not you're not choose from right you're not wrong but frank miller is not kurt swan and he's not jerry and frank miller may not or, be telling or, the story for you he's well let's hope he's doing it for himself yes. because that's the best kind of art and i you know knowing frank he doesn't kowtow to anyone he's doing it the, look what he did with the spirit movie i'm not gonna i want i'm only bringing it up mm. i'm only bringing it up because Frank Miller knew where that stuff came from. He was friends with Eisner, yep. yet he still made that movie. That's true. I, I think I think the movie's great, but it's it's not in line with what Eisner did. It, it's what it's it's what Frank wanted to do, and yes, he felt. And there, there's a component whenever you take a job. There's a component of 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 that contract that that you make with whatever a comic book company, a, a film studio, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a component of that where whoever's paying you assumes that you are making a piece of art that will be well received or that's going to generate money. Like why would they fund you otherwise? Sure. You're brought on a comic book. Draw this book because people are going to, you know, a, a significant amount of people are going to like it and they will give us money. And I think that's where Frank fails. Because that is non-existent with Frank. And he proved that with the second Dark Knight. Yes. He, he, he knew what people wanted. The, the legend of Dark Knight had been building since the book came out. He knew what people wanted and he gave them the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's Frank. He's going to do it the way he wants to do it. And better for him. Why would you produce art that isn't what you want it to be? 
that that that's like being in prison. You're a slave to, to, to the characters. No, do it the way you want to do it. If someone clicks with it, like me in the spirit, great. If, if a bunch of people don't, great too. But you have to take into account the people funding this creation. They're going to care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's where Frank, yeah, he fails a little bit in that respect. But I don't care. He's an artist, man. Guys, artists got to art. <laughs> But I'm glad we can talk about this without throwing fists. Oh shit! Yeah, you know? when because we, we fists, dude. never. But uh, you see it online. There are people. I mean, the personal attacks are beginning just because of this stupid image. Seriously, you got nothing better to do with your time. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. it's just crazy. That's why I I shared Josh Bayer's uh, post about you know he loves the fact that fanboys are just losing their shit over this image. It makes no sense. It's true. Make something of your own. That's right. And then we'll judge you. Then we'll judge That's you. Right. Like a champion. What else? So what else do we have? I got lots of stuff. Oh, me too. Y'all, I'm how, glad we're, we talked we're, about we're, that. Where are y'all with uh, Southern Bastards? Oh, I'm behind. Come on, dude. That's double. inexcusable. I know. You said there's an issue coming out tomorrow? Issue 11. I did not read 11. I believe I read number 10 was the last one I read. We meet a new character named Boone. Yes, I have not read that one. Uh, well, ten was the one with the dual covers, right? 10, that was the, right. They, they, they put the incentive out with about the the Confederate flag and all that. That's that's the one I have. Yeah, that's, that was the last one I read. Yes. Yeah, they're just they keep setting up, introducing new characters, setting up for this homecoming game. You know, you got uh, you got uh, homecoming. Huh? Yeah. Speaking of homecoming, because you got Roberta showing up soon, so I which. And I'll wait. It's, yep. it's, well, I, uh, I, I assume this is all intentional, right? Like the homecoming game is going to actually see Roberta getting home and, and shit's about to get real. But, but the point is, is there's, there's plenty of people lining up against Coach Boss. So knowing Aaron and, and Latour, I'm guessing that Coach Boss is going to have plenty to say on the matter before, if, if and when we ever, he ever gets the redemption or get, gets his comeuppance. I'm going to keep it real since we're, we've been doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My opinion of Jason Aaron is public knowledge. I love the man. I love the man's work. I do not think Southern Bastards would be half as successful if it was not for Jason Latour. What? I think, I think, I think, I, think, I mean, it's a true collaboration. I, 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 th- I think Latour is the, the secret weapon of the series. Um, you love to compare Latour to Rizzo? I, I think he's the, he's, he's Rizzo's spirit, spirit child, like his, yeah, I do. To my eyes, I think, uh, Latour is better than Rizzo. Oh, see that hurts my heart. I, I I think he's much better. Wow. Because I I like Rizzo, but Latour doesn't hide behind all those shadows. Latour's line is front and center. His his use of mm-hmm. color, his design sense. I I think he's he's much better than Rizzo. Let's not get crazy now, dude. Rizzo's a legend. I mean, I like <laughs> Rizzo's stuff. I think he's really good. Um, but you you look at the texture and and the. Just the the motion in in um, Latour's line. There's n- I don't see that in Rizzo's line. I see I see Rizzo's line is just a contour. Yes, he's a great designer and he 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 composes masterful panels. But Latour does him one better. Latour's line is alive, man, and he just it seems effortless for him. It seems like he just throws it down. And I I think he's I think he's got it all over Rizzo. He's got that extra sauce, that, that, that line quality. That's the. Well, you're putting me in an awkward thing. position here because I love Jason, both as a human being and as a cartoonist. So I, I, I'm not like going to 
tell you how wrong you are. I'm just going to say, like, no. to me, you don't have to be right for for the mere fact that what you're saying is in the realm of of possibility is a testament right. to how good yes. Latour is. Yes, yes. And I'm not, you know, just because I compare one artist favorably over another one does not mean that the one that lost out is bad <laughs> by any means. I just think to to these peepers, Latour is, whew, wow, he's godlike. And he just throws shit down. The stuff he puts on Facebook, like I just drew this. It's like you I hate you. I hate you so much that you can you can craft that kind of a line on the fly. God, I wish I was I wish I were you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and do I wish I was Rizzo? Eh, sometimes. Not not nearly as often as wishing I was Latour. No, I was, hey man, so, listen. I love them both to death, so it's all good. I'm not, you know, again, that's you're you're paying you're paying a dude that I love a ton of the highest of compliments. So either way, though, and and look, I, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to short shrift Aaron because again, I, I think I'm the only one of us that, that read much of why well, I'm I, I read all of Scalped. I don't think you guys read much of it, if any of it. And um, I I see to me, I'm seeing a lot of that that tenor in here where where Aaron is layering in characters. They're 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 more than what they seem, um, and that it's all going to tie in as the series goes on. So, so I, I definitely agree with you that it, it's a, it's a, it's like peanut butter and chocolate here. I, I, I think I don't personally want to undersell Aaron's role here because he is, I think he's a master at dialogue. He's a master at setting the, t- the mood. Like I, I just, I think he's, uh, he's a beast. So I, right. I, well, I love them both. Just picture this series, uh, illustrated by say Jerry Ordway. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, but no, again, but, I, I, but, but part, okay, but, but again, let's, if we're, if we're, part of the reason it exists though is because of their mutual friendship to collaborate together. Right. Exactly. So you can't, I'm you can't take Jason Aaron out of that role because Jason partnered with Jason to do this book. It's, right. it's this, again, it's the same of like saying like picture, you know, Sweet Tooth with Alex Ross. Like, you know, it just wouldn't work, right? <laughs> no. no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, right. like same thing. I mean, I mean, Jason did scalped. You know, um, uh, you, you know, with, with RM Guerra and RM was perfect for that book and same thing. I mean, if, if, if George Perez scalped with them, it would have been ridiculous, you know? So, so I, I'm saying like when you're talking about a creator on a book, like give the dude, give the writer some credit too that. Oh, sure. I, I give, yeah. I give Aaron credit not only for the story, mm-hmm. which is an organic beast. We, we've talked about mm-hmm. this, but for the, the smarts to to bring Latour into it. He could have, when you're Jason Aaron, you can request anyone to work with you, right? But he he said this is the project I'm doing with Latour, and he knew, he knew he'd be perfect. Yeah, for and it. they and they co-created it like they, you know, they like the reason it exists is because they're buddies, and they they came up with the idea together. Just to be clear, like, right? Yeah. Well, I don't want people thinking like that that don't know the story that like Aaron just like came up with the idea and said, "Who am I going to get to draw the book?" Like it was no, it exists because of their friendship, right? For real, right? Well, y'all need to catch the fuck up because I'm dying to talk about this goddamn. <laughs> I mean, Jesus! I, I feel like every month I'm like, y'all read to the masters. No, oh, oh. No, I just, you know, uh-huh. we got to mix it up a little bit. Mix it up. I'm pretty sure I read number ten before everybody else. Okay, all right then. Well, what do you He's think number ten, dog? Oh, I thought it was great because it's well. Yes, I thought it was great, as great as. Um, a book about a uh, mm-hmm. drug addicted Neanderthal could be. I mean, my man is just he. He just he. He is. It. We're gonna you win like, the game. You like the one leg up move, which I I gotta. Yeah, I can't. I, yes, yeah, so I'm well, even a broken clock. But you have the <laughs> the whole um, 
the whole concept of we're going to win because we're bigger and we're stronger and, and I'm in charge of the playbook now. And because I know what needs to be, it's the waitress was like, nah, son, you can't, you can't pull that play every time at every down because they're going to, and he, he just, he, he ain't hearing, hearing it. And it was, it was a crazy issue, but it, it still, it continued the story because this, this arc, uh, is a, we, we had, we had the sheriff. We now have, um, this, this, this hillbilly dingleberry. We, we have, you know, the, the Boone and number 11 where everybody is kind of getting an issue. And it's still, it's not like, it's a frozen moment of time or it's an origins issue or, or it's, it's how they came to be. It's still Aaron and uh, well, towards drawing the hell out of it, but, but Aaron is telling the story where the, the story itself is, is progressing naturally. It, it's like, you know, on, on Monday, we're going to hear about this guy on Tuesday. We're learning about, it. so it's not, there's no, we're not messing around with time. We're not going back a couple of days so that everybody catches up and it all ends on the same day. Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody has a moment to shine without stepping on anybody else's. Toe. It's just, it, it's, it's subtle. It's slick. And it, it's, it's been one hell of a ride. And, and I, uh, I, I think I need to get me this, this oversized hardcover, but it, it just has been a, um, yeah, I, I need to read 11. It, it, it is one of my absolute favorite books. I have to figure out where the hell it's going on 11 o'clock, on the new form, 11 o'clock, 11 o'clockers, but it's a, uh, it's, yeah, no, I, I love the book, which is, with the characters in it, it's a little weird for me to say that, but it, it, it is absolutely an, an amazing book. Speaking of that, you, you, you reminded me that's great. We, our long dark tea time of the soul has been cleared. <laughs> Thanks be to the, to the, to the, to the wonderful Alphabet Incorporated, aka Google. They have created an, well, they have not, they have launched a new service called Forms. And it is very simple to use. And as a result, I have managed to create an online survey that will allow anyone to vote in the 11 o'clockers and will make tallying and sorting said 11 o'clockers super simple click of a button now no more manual which is great because those that have listened long enough know that last year i skipped the voter portion because i didn't have the time so um i've showed it to my boys here uh i showed it to a little test pilot group and uh it's pretty much ready to go so i think we'll put it up live and we'll put a link on the forum in the Facebook page and maybe sticky it, make it sticky and you can go in and vote to your heart's content. And just like it used to be on the forums, you can go in and change your votes anytime up until we close it uh, after the turn of the year, but it's looking pretty snazzy. I'm pretty stoked. It is. Yeah. I, I think we're going to get more uh, voters than ever this year. I agree. And we had what, how many thousand last year? Oh, uh, well last year we didn't have any cause I didn't tally them. Um, but two years ago we had close to a thousand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you we double it this year. Sick. Yep. And then you don't have to do anything. That's even better. Faux show. Yep. So clearly you read more than one dynamite book this week. I did. 
uh, written by Keith Davidson. Art by Randy Valente. Art, uh, color art by Jorge Sutil. Now, this is where I'm bringing the honest-to-gosh horror. Who doesn't love Herbert West? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm talking about the uh, Lovecraft's reanimator. Um, this, I uh, read issues one to three of the newly launched reanimator, and I'm guess uh, I'm assuming, based on the... Uh, the text on the inside front cover that they are continuing whatever continuity they've established with uh, Herbert West. Um, Brilliant doctor. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the movie. Have you seen the reanimator movies? Okay. Um, Brilliant doctor obsessed with conquering human mortality in the dynamite version. He's corrupted by the Necronomicon and he produces legions of the walking dead uh, stymied a doomsday scenario. I didn't read this, this continuity, so I'm just repeating what I've read, uh, on the inside front cover. He's cast through time. I guess he comes to the 20th century somehow. He died, not once, but twice, but he was revived through sorcery. Uh, and as this series starts, he, he is continuing his quest to eliminate mortality. Um, he's created a henchman. To aid him in his quest, uh, someone called the Volusian. Basically, um, it's a very Lady Death-esque character, this gigantic gray uh, hooded beast wrapped in, in, in tatters and, and rags and doesn't speak much, but he's muscle and that's what West needs is, is uh, you know, he needs an Igor. Every mad scientist needs an Igor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that I got out of the first couple of pages was West specifically says, I, I do not create life. I repurpose it. See, that to me, Keith Davidson understands the, 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 love, the uh, Herbert West character. He's, he's not Frankenstein. He, he didn't create um, beings from parts. He just takes dead stuff and does his little magic and brings them back to whatever semblance of life they do get when they come back. But in this uh, thing, he now has an assistant, a human assistant. Her name is Susan. Uh, she's skilled in chemistry and biology, and she was this lab rat. Um, but it became too mundane for her, so she spiced up her life by selling office supplies. So when you work in a lab, office supplies are drugs, right? Mm-hmm. So she's she's dealing with these ne'er do wells on the street, making some 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 cash, um, but it's getting to her. Uh, there's I guess there's a conscience there, and she tells the the uh, the gang, you know, this is it, no more. This is my last deal. Take you know, I'll sell you this stuff, and then I'm done. They you know it, when your gravy train is is coming to a halt, that's not too much fun for the gang. So they uh, decide to take the drugs and maybe take Susan's life in the process. Uh, in walks Herbert West. Ta-da! Saves her. And uh, he sees that, you know, she can hold her own in a fight. And the fact that she's uh, a learned person and she decided to uh, step outside convention, so to speak, and, and sell some drugs. Uh, he likes that because she's not bound by what uh humanity um takes for you know nor- the normal 
way of, of dealing in things. Uh, that's not Herbert West. Um, and he brings her in as, as an, as an assistant. Now this, there's the same themes in, in this reanimator that was in Cullen Bunn's shadow. It's just the, the quest to overcome mortality. It's something we can all understand, right? Nobody wants to die. And, and these characters are, are trying to, to skirt this. Um, but the cool spin on this, and I just didn't expect this at all. When you're Herbert West and you need dead bodies, hmm. how do you get them? Where do they come from? Do you just go out and kill people? And see, the, the fresher the corpse, the better the chances of, of his uh, serum um, doing what he intended it to do or his research. So you need bodies, right? So, so what, what, what do you do? Where, where does the money come from to procure cadavers? No, well, yes, it's where he gets the, the bodies, but, um, Herbert West becomes a drug dealer. No way. <laughs> yeah, he creates this, this thing, this concoction called Unique, and that's with a, with an E. E-U-N-I-Q-U-E. Uh, and it's popular on the streets, but where does he get the, the raw material for the drug? The pineal gland. Of corpses. Now, as soon as you mention pineal gland and Lovecraft, that immediately, boom, Stuart Gordon, Brian Yuzna's From Beyond. Have you seen From Beyond? Where the pineal gland came right out of, um, Jeffrey Combs' forehead, looked like a big old rancid dick coming out of his forehead. It was, it's an awesome movie. And Barbara Crampton, of course, gets nude in it, which is always good, right? But anyway, it turns out the drug is relatively safe in moderation. As any drug, right? You take too much and you become psychically hypersensitive to the point where your consciousness melds with the universe and you can commune with the great old ones in their eternal slumber. Um, we got one nasty bit of work. The leader of this Eldritch crew, that's the, this is the crew and it's spelled with a K, K-R-E-W-E. The, these people are the ones that are buying um, Herbert West's drug. The leader of, of this crew jacks in something serious. Like he just mainlines this stuff too much and he drops to his knees and what does he say? That is not dead which can eternal lie. <laughs> and with strange yeah, eons, yeah. even death. It's a Cthulhu <sighs> party. How could you not love this book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and again, on the art front, Randy Valiente. Uh, the, the art is far better than I have come to expect from Dynamite. Um, there is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now and it, it it's, it's very good, but it, there's a bunch of people this art reminds me of. A little bit of Bogdanov, uh, just a, just a, a, a tiny bit of Bogdanov. There's, a little bit of Rizzo in the way he draws folds, like clothing and, 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 um, humans. So there, you got your Rizzo, you got your Bogdanov. There's, um, there's a little bit of Miller in it. A little bit of Frank Miller. It's, it's, it's not what you, you know, you pick a dynamite book up off the rack. You're not going to expect this, this level of, of, of art. And I'm done saying that. That's why I said before, I, I'm not going to assume a dynamite book is not going to please my eyes because the, everything I've read in the past week contradicts my expectations. The, the art in this is really good. The one, 
maybe shortcoming is the color art. It's and 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 the more I think about it, the more I like it. It's a lot of flat color, which pleases my eye more than digital coloring. Right. Which this probably is, but when when you have the earmarks of of the digital process, when they do, I will say Dark Knight Two, which was done for a reason, but it's not that kind of coloring. It's not mm-hmm. super saturated. It's not using the blends and the mm-hmm. the fades. It's 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 this is very tastefully done, but I'm the the color choices couldn't have been a tad bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay. For what for what they are. But I, I, I thought the book was great. And again, I'm on board with another Dynamite series. Yep. You're on a, you're on a, a Dynamite roll. They're doing great stuff. I, I also read Justice Incorporated, The Avenger. I thought it was great. They're, 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 they're pleasing me these days. Aww. And you got some Frank Avilla covers on here. You got, um, Jay Lee, uh, Tim Seeley did a, uh, a cover. Um, Andrew Magnum, like the, you know, Dynamite loves to do the multiple cover things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's great stuff. Nice, yep. Love the love. I haven't checked out the Evil Dead series yet. Okay. Somebody, not Dynamite, I guess the uh, there's a gray area where when it comes to Evil Dead and and obviously. More than one company can do an Evil Dead comic because there's some co- a company out there, non dynamite, that's doing an Evil Dead comic, and I have yet to check that out. I've 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 read some of what Dynamite has done with Ash and company in the Army of Darkness, and it's it's good. It's not this reanimator though. This is what do you uh, what do you think of the upcoming TV show? I'm on board. Campbell's involved. Yeah. Campbell's in it. Yeah. How how could it not be good? And I think uh, Raimi has something to do with it too. So yeah, I, I, yeah. And I did. I'm one of the few uh, who liked the the um, the Evil Dead uh, remake. I thought it was fine. That part where the girl's cutting her tongue mm-hmm. that was ugh, that was an awesome scene. Did you see that? Yes. You didn't like it. We've talked about this. <laughs> oh, we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. But okay. you know how I felt about the originals too. So. Uh, one of the greatest motion pictures right, of all I time. Didn't care for them. I know. By the There's way, you we see- have a contest to announce a winner of. Get out. We do? Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is exciting. Go. Remember, two weeks ago, I, in response to the awesome news that DC was giving Omega Men another breath of life. Number five comes out tomorrow. Yes. I said that we would do a run here where if anyone wanted to, they could show me that they were pre-ordering number six. And if they did that, I would enter their name into a little Excel spreadsheet here, and then I would pick a winner from that list, and the winner would receive a $50 Amazon gift card. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So we've had... Where am I going to spend it? Huh. I'm so glad we I had, to pick it up tomorrow. We have had <laughs> entries from the Twitters. We've had entries from the Facebooks. We've had email entries. So there's been a plenty. And I wish I could give everyone a $50 gift card, but I can't. Cause I got, art, I got, I got art to buy. Yeah. But I ran all the names through a random number generator app and assigned, uh, everyone a number. 
and then pulled the number. And the winner is from Twitter. Uh, I don't know the person's real name because it's a Twitter handle, so hopefully they're, they are not only followers of me on Twitter, but they listen to the show. I'm assuming they must. Their Twitter handle is, let's congratulate, Astonishing X Fan. So Astonishing XFAN. Um, it's the turtle hander. According to Twitter, they are the comic book writer for the 13th floor and a comic book reviewer of For Infinite Comics. So congrats. They showed me their DCBS order where they ordered number six and you've got the card. So I awesome. need you to DM me or email me, uh, or come to our forums or our Facebook and shoot me your actual contact information. Uh, and I will email you said gift card. Nice. So congratulations. That's great. Yeah. And thanks to everyone. I, I, uh, it looks like we had over a hundred people send me stuff. So that's a hundred people, at least that, that from our listenership that pre-ordered Omega Men number six. So good on you. Good on you. I mean, to be honest, it should be like 5,000, but. Well, I think, um, a hundred is, a nice bump. It's not a, you know, it's not as good as 5,000, but still it's a hundred more copies. It's true. Yeah. Good on that. I'm thinking it's going to catch on because when, when the, when the publisher has faith in the book, enough faith to give it another chance, hopefully they'll promote it and not just let it languish. Like that, the, the publishers really need to step up on some of these things too. It's just not like, oh, well, Numbers right. are low. Do some kind of promotion. Uh, sell that, yeah. sell that shit. It's, uh, it's a conundrum. Only so much Tom and Tim, or not Tim, Tim, Tim's not involved right. in this. Only so much Tom can do. Uh, that is true. I'm so used to pushing the Grayson. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I shouldn't like that book, but I do. You shouldn't. It's kind of against your very nature. It is. Yeah, but this just goes to show you when your creative team's super solid, boom, they will convince you. Boom. Yeah. So what else do we got? So much. Did you guys get um, caught up on an island? No. No. No, especially after your message today. Yeah, um, I read up to three. Oh, okay. Up to up to and including three. Uh, I read three. I didn't read four. What What did you think of three? This is, um, this is shaping up to be a book that is, uh, something I very much wanted to see happen and I want it to be successful, but I'm not exactly connecting with it in the way that I'd hoped. Now, I just have a question. Mm-hmm. Was, was issue three largely incomprehensible to you? Um, I don't guess I, I I don't know if I'd characterize it in that way, but certainly it was a bit of um a little less accessible than the first two, let's put it that way. And it started off so promising. Like the Jose Domingo thing, um that that led off the issue. I was grooving on that. Mm-hmm. Just the visuals alone, fantastic. Um and then that's where, no, I will say the Matt Sheehan and the Malachi Ward thing, part one of four of the service. I thought that was pretty great. I, I mean, 
I'm taking this to be an art book. I have to agree with you on that because that's the only thing. Yeah. I was grooving on from the, the Malachi Ward, um, and Matt Sheehan's after that, it all became the Malachi strictly... Ward stuff is just a sight to behold. Yeah, but the concept of, 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 uh, ordinary ev- everyday people being surrounded by the data stream constantly. And then when it's suddenly shut off on them, they freak the hell out. Mm-hmm. I, I like that concept because that's pretty much where we are it right is, now yeah. without, without the, you know, the little globs. Yeah. I was just reading it. an article about how, uh, like relationships are being seriously damaged by the fact that people can't put their phones away. Yeah. Right. I, I, I tell my wife all the time, we'll be at dinner and she's boop, 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 boop. And I'm like, you're, we're sitting here with our family and you're on the friggin' phone. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, same thing with my kids too. I, 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 it doesn't come out of my pocket, whatever. But, um, yeah, I thought conceptually, uh, visually, I thought the Malachi Ward and, uh, the service was great. And then everything after that was like, Oh, I can't wait for this to be over. Just the, 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 the visuals, they're fine. But if there's no story to back it up, I'm, I'm thinking I'm done with Island. If it wasn't for the Emma Rios thing and the occasional Brandon Graham book, I'll wait for Emma Rios's story to be collected when I, before I read it. I mean, I've read the, all the chapters she's produced. I think it's brilliant. It's the best thing in Ireland. I agree. And then, and then Brandon Graham, love his stuff. But the rest, I don't know. It's hit and miss. I can't pre-order a book that's $7.99, what, two, three issues in advance. Yeah. It's, it's like Dark Horse Presents. You never know what you're going to get. Whereas I think they may be making the same mistake that Mike Richardson made when Dark Horse Presents was $7.99. Couldn't find an audience. Made a lot of mistakes lately, but that's another oh, story. Hey. <laughs> See, I opened the door for you. But I, I and, and like yourself, I want to love Island because I think it's a boutique book. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, it really is. Creators that I genuinely adore. Right. I mean, Brandon, yeah, Brandon at the top of the heap, right? I mean, and, and Dark Horse Presents is obviously it's 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 a book that's put out by the publisher, whereas Island is. Just a labor of love for the people involved, so it's something that you'd want to support if you had to choose. If you had to choose between the two, then I could see why Island would get the nod. But no, I like you, Vince. It's the the, the real story is what. Um, oh, she's definitely is what I wanted to read with the yeah. second, third issue. But I just with everything else that I've been trying to read, the the Island fell fell back mostly like you said because of the price so yeah no if they're going to collect the Emma stuff I definitely will be on that yeah and the Simon Roy uh, chapter in, in issue two is phenomenal but it's it's surrounded by that that uh, yeah that damn mummy thing and it's just I enjoyed the second part of the mummy story more than the first but still it's just like that when they introduce the immortals i thought that page was fantastic mm-hmm. but the, the rest of it's just like uh, i don't know and um the robin boogie uh skyjacker i love that i thought it was great because i read cinema sewer so i know what what boogie can do right and it's i i, I read anything he does but it's just like I don't know. It's 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 too spotty. I ex- to be honest, I expected more. Mhm. Yeah. It's like how I felt about Mad Max. 
Bringing it all kind kind of how I was feeling about Archie. I I enjoyed the first. No, I. I, I, Well, as long as we put it all out there, this apparently is the episode where we do this. It. it, Um, I have not talked about it since the first issue by by Wade and Staples because I I did like the idea of it and where they were going and and I figured that possibilities were pretty much endless where where they could go with it but i started reading the second issue recently and um i don't know if it just if the first issue just hit me right and i was riding a wave or what but the second issue just did not have the uh didn't have the uh the pull that the first had i definitely felt like it was missing something and and uh we get jughead's origin about you know why he has the nickname Jughead and how, uh, he was from a very affluent and, uh, and rich family. And apparently <laughs> he was a, uh, he was a trendsetter and he, you know, he was the guy everybody, he's the kid because this was back when he was a young and, uh, that everybody wanted to be friends with. And, and, uh, once dad went in on a deal that, uh, uh, well, the bottom fell out on him. He, uh, everything turned upside down for, uh, for him. And, and now he's pretty much, you know, the family is scraping by, but it, so that I felt was a little unnecessary, but, but so we get that and then we're introduced to Veronica Lodge. And, uh, in the third issue that I was flipping through, Veronica doesn't even get his name right. She keeps calling him Andy instead of Archie. And, and, and he's running around behind her, carrying her purse and doing everything. She, she's, she's treating him like a dog and, and Jughead is trying to get Betty to realize this and, and, uh, I guess save Archie from Ronnie and, and get back with him because they're the two that are meant to be together. But it, it just, it. I agree. It was, oh, I do too, but it, it just wasn't, uh, it was, I said the possibilities were endless, but I, I didn't expect it to go here. Maybe even that's on me or whatever. If, if you're enjoying it, then that, that's great, but it just, it's, it's not, uh, bringing me back. So I, I think I'm done with it. Yeah. I was done with it with the first issue. Mm. Yeah. It just didn't click with me. And, and the, uh, what Fiona's doing on Saga. Is whether it's because you know she owns part of that and and you know she's in love with the work. It, there, there's just whatever she's doing on those pages is uh is night and day. It's yeah. Well, the, I think the Archie stuff is the when I have time book. And it the, could be. The, it could yeah, be. And, could and, be. And, and uh, Saga is the I'm making serious bank on this. Yeah, thing. this is mm-hmm. this is where that's it, it, yeah. So that's. That is, uh, so I'm gonna stick with the, with, with, with the old school Archie and, and the, uh, and well, the, the, the Sabrina's and, and whatnot. So yeah, so I'm, I'm done with that. There you go. Honesty. I like honesty. Honesty. <laughs> Such All a right. Word. 
everybody, if you want to get any of the books we talked about. Look at our producer tonight. keeping us at two, two hours tight because everyone's going to see each other tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's only one place to get them. Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, or if you're behind the curve, you can always go to instocktrades.com where you can get the collected editions. But stay on point and buy the single issues because that's what keeps a lot of these books alive. DCBService.com, they don't mind late orders. They don't mind order editions. And you get your books delivered right to your very door. All you got to do is beep, boop, 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 boop on your computer or your phone, and you can order comics. <laughs> Could it it's be amazing. any easier? Technology. DCBService.com. In your travels. Let me get the book over here. Over here, over here. I want to talk about it. Issue number three. The story is by Ulysses Farinas and Eric Fritas. Color assist by Ludwig Laguna Olimba. Yikes. But the art, and we met him last year. Well, at least I did. At um, New York Comic Con. Hell of a guy. He has leveled up immeasurably. I mean, he was great then. But the stuff he's doing today is amazing. Buster Moody. The book, Godzilla in Hell number three. Oh my God. That's all, I, I should leave it at that. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla is, is fighting space Godzilla. Um, uh, where's the, uh, open arm Jesus? Is that in Brazil? Do you know the, the Jesus on the top of the, the oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're fight. He, they're fighting in Brazil, and the Jesus is in the background. Jesus. The Jesus and um, Space Godzilla and Godzilla are going at it, bang, bang, and it's just full on destruction, back and forth and back and forth. And at one point, the Jesus gets destroyed, and he blows up. He cracks and blows up, but when he lands, the Jesus is still basically in the shape that he was in before he got all blowed up. So there's something going on here um, more than just kaiju battles. Um, Godzilla uh, knocks out Space Godzilla at one point, and um, Space Godzilla burns bluish-white while Godzilla's burning the typical orange-yellow flames of, of hell. So... Read into it what you will. There are denizens from heaven. Well, they wouldn't, yeah, they, I don't want to call them angels, but there are celestial beings that descend on the proceedings and they have halos, but they also have Mothra's wings. So they're angels with Mothra's wings. This thing is amazing. There's a mountain that has trace elements of Godzilla's uh, biggest foes embedded in the mountain. And Moody and company, uh, love this image so much, they, they signed it. You know, splash pages, you can tell when the creative team was jonesing on an image where they're like, yeah, I think we're gonna sign mm-hmm. that one. This, this page is signed. I thought this issue was phenomenal. And it's another in a string of just amazing issues. It's an indie book masquerading as a mainstream property. Mm-hmm. None of these, we're getting Dave Wachter in a little bit. Uh, it's crazy how good this book is. There's a, there's a formula here where, uh, somebody at IDW says, Hey, let's do Godzilla, but let's make it a cutting edge indie book as well. So win-win. It's phenomenal. Go get it. So David, 
What are you, what are you reading, buddy? Uh, oh, I figured we give, we give a publisher some love who, um, I don't think we've mentioned at all tonight. Uh, this is, uh, from Dynamite. <laughs> it is, uh, Will Eisner's The Spirit. Nice. Uh, and it really is nice. It is, uh, written by Mr. Matt Wagner, illustrated by Dan, uh, Katie, Shkade, S-C-H-K-A-D-E, uh, colored by Matt's son, Brennan, and I am really love it. I know that, um, we, we can get a little anal about certain things, but I really like the lettering in, uh, in this book. It just, it, it kind of fits. It, it is a wordy book. Everybody loves all the characters love to talk in, in this comic, but, um, and even though the panels are, are nice sized and, and there's plenty going on, the, the word balloons are big enough, but not, um, overpowering, but the lettering just kind of really fits and, and, and it kind of just works because of the era that, that the story takes place. And so it's all, it's all good in that regard. The, uh, the covers are by Eric Powell and, uh, the art, I, as telling Vince earlier, I would not be surprised if instead of not, if not only writing it, that, uh, that Matt also supplied breakdowns and, and Dan kind of just embellished or inked those, those breakdowns and mm-hmm. because it's very Matt Wagner-esque, uh, some Eisner and, and in some, some panels as I'm, Especially with the, uh, in, in issue three, there's, um, a little bit of, uh, of Wally Wood and it, it's just, it really just kind of remind, it, it is more, it's more reminiscent of the original era that, that of, of Eisner's stories than as fun as those stories were than the DC spirit book from a few years back. And, um, this it also, yeah, because they, they tried to update that, uh, with the DC book, but this has just been, it, it, it's a mystery of the, um, the, uh, spirit has a couple of sidekicks who were looking for them because spirit's been missing for about two years. Uh, commissioner Dolan is about, to retire, uh, and, uh, and, and Dolan's daughter is, um, is engaged to, uh, to someone who I guess she really wasn't expected to be engaged to, but, uh, the third issue brings our hero back, and, uh, I'm not gonna say how or why, but it, as, as the, uh, as the detectives of the story are trying to find out, you know, who may actually know who got rid of the spirit, who was the last to see Mr. Colt. Um, we're getting flashback stories and, and, uh, a couple of rogues that the, the, that the spirit has faced over the years. Uh, it, it's, it's really well done as far as setting this whole thing up. Uh, but with the fourth issue, I think everybody will be, um, well, I, I, the, the, the last page of the third issue is absolutely fantastic. And, and it's, 
yeah, it's well worth it. I, I, I think if you've been reading it, then that is, uh, that was fantastic to see, but it, yeah, I, I really am enjoying it. It's not a, uh, I, I haven't read every single spirit, spirit story. It's, uh, there are definitely times where I think, you know, if you've, if you've read a handful of short spirit stories and you kind of get the gist. Uh, so it's not a character who I've ever felt that I, I needed to read every single thing. Uh, but I think I have a pretty good idea of, of, of the, the feel of the character and, and what, what you should get from reading a spirit story. And, and Wagner has a, uh, has a real good handle on it. The, the, the art is fantastic. The colors are, are popping. It's a, uh, it's a good book. I am, very pleasantly surprised as much as, uh, I would like to give Bun's shadow a shot. And I probably will, especially after Vince talking about it tonight. Um, there have been some things I've read from dynamite that I think we've all pretty much said that at one point that I either didn't, didn't stick with or didn't, uh, didn't hit us just right. But I would definitely recommend the spirit. So check that out. Three issues so far. Uh, you really can't go wrong. Yeah. I looked through it today, uh, when I was in Honesdale and wow, I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, and like I said, if, even if you haven't read too many of the, uh, of spirit stories or, or saw the movie, you don't need to worry. You just, this is an, either Frank Miller's movie or the made for TV movie. You, there's no, you just need to know that spirits missing and Ebony and his buddy are looking for him, and uh, that's you're, you're caught up now. Now that's that's everything you need to know, and then you just hit the ground runner from that point forward. So it's 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 very easy to uh, to just kind of dig your heels in and and take off with it. We was watching. Was it from the spirit movie? Yeah, the, oh, the yeah. henchman, the henchman. We was watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in your travels, I got a few things for people. <laughs> wow, that sounds so exhausted, Dad. Damn. No, I'm still with him in the, the damn movie. Oh, okay. Of all the, the, the Oscars. So, yeah. uh, first thing in your travels, go over and, uh, if you feel like laughing, go visit funnierdie.com. Yeah. And I say this because, uh, my good friend and, uh, he actually started as, uh, as, as, as one of my best friend's little brothers. And uh, any of you that have friends and have little brothers, you know that that meant basically I beat the shit out of him for a bunch of years. Um, but now that we're all grown up, he's a friend on his own right. And uh, his name is Brad Jenkins. And Brad uh, won this weekend the Grand Clio Award, which for anyone that's in advertising knows that the Clios are essentially advertisements, big Oscars. They're their big awards. And the Grand Clio is equivalent to the best picture. So it's the best, it's the biggest award in advertising and he won this weekend. Um, and he won because when he was working at the White House where he was a liaison for, uh, uh, you know, different, uh, people that came to visit the president, he came up with the, uh, idea that became the skit, uh, between two ferns, which was a skit featuring Zach Galifianakis and President Obama and, uh, was a, was, was a considered a, uh, a, a big boost to the Affordable Care Act. And uh, Brad recently left the White House, and he is now the head of Funnier Dies Washington, D.C. Bureau. 
And in any event, it's uh, it's just pretty cool. I have to say, like, I'm 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 super proud. I mean, to to essentially win. I mean, the Clio's are like hyper competitive because there's obviously so many advertisers, and it's it's a lot of uh, agencies really put everything they can into winning Clio's, and and uh, really in Brad's first foray ever, he won the biggest award in the industry. So I uh, just wanted to give him a shout out, and uh, you could support him or say uh, give him a, give him some karma by going to Funny or Die because that's who he works for, and that's they make their money by having people watch their shit. So uh, good stuff. Um, in your travels, if you happen to be in a certain part of the the New York City area in the next ninety six hours, come and find us. Come see us. We don't bite. Yeah. No, well, we don't work for Dark Horse. We don't work for Dark Horse. Um, <sighs> but we'll be there, and we won't be square. Vince is a super handsome guy that looks kind of like a pirate. Jason needs glasses. David is a super handsome dude that looks like a cross between Billy D. Billy D. Williams and Gene Wilder. <laughs> 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 Are you dickity dick? <laughs> and I'm I'm a modestly handsome man who looks somewhat like uh, Harry Potter after he's become middle aged uh, and lost all his hair. But in any event, we will be there. We would love to meet you if we haven't met you before. We'd love to meet you if we have met you before. We Seriously. will be for the majority of the show in Artist Alley, but we'll be meandering about town as well. We will be going out in the city at least one of the nights. So. Yep. Come hang with us. Come say what's up. If you listen to the show, miss, say thanks. I, say what's yeah, up. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss Campbell for sure. Oh no doubt. For sure. For sure. Um, Good reason not to be there, but it's not gonna be the same. Yeah, baby Gia. Um, and then last but not least, um, y'all need to get caught up on our good friends Gabriel and Karina's Invisible Republic. Yes, you do. The first trade came out about a month ago now. I'd say three, four weeks ago which collects the first five issues. The sixth issue is now out, and the seventh issue, I believe, is about to drop either next week or the week after, but soon. Um, and it's great. It, it's it's the, the sixth issue starts the second arc. We're introduced to a new character named the Baroness Panonica. Um, we, and I will say this, I loved the first arc, but I think the sixth issue gets off to an even better start because... The thing I like about this is, you know, this, this, the series juggles between, um, the, 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 the present, which, which is essentially featuring a journalist named Kroner Bab, and then the past, which is the look back into what led to this revolution, um, led by, uh, Maya and uh, her cousin Arthur that, that leads to Arthur becoming essentially a dictator. And, they jump back and forth throughout the first arc in, in the sixth issue, they jump back and forth, but it's so tightly integrated where the actions as they're happening in each timeline have direct impact on what you're seeing in the other timeline. And it's just really masterfully done. Um, so I can't recommend the series enough, but I have to say like the sixth issue knocked me on my ass. So congrats to them both. I can't wait to talk to them about it at New York comic con. But, you know, give it a try. You can get caught up by the trade or you can buy the single issues on Comixology or DCPS. But uh, it's definitely a book that that deserves your attention. And I'm hoping it's getting all the attention it needs. But just in case it's not, y'all need to get to step in. It's true. I plan on shadowing Mr. Hardman. 
while he's doing his commissions. I'm hoping that uh, Gabriel will draw on my Cannibal Run gen. I'm sure he will. Why wouldn't he? Uh-huh. Did you piss him off? Nope. You touch him inappropriately. Mm. Ah. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here this week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please come back next week. And if you have a little bit of free time, leave us a wonderful iTunes review or review on any of the services uh, with which you use to listen to us. We'll be really nice. Um, and as always, you got to come back because David will be incredibly upset oh, if you don't. Dear. It's true. It's true. It's true. And I'll see all y'all tomorrow. Yes, you are. Yes. Mm. Fun times. Tell your wife I'm coming. She's ready. She's got the stories all set up. She's ready. Oh, nice. I can't even speak. (laughs) As usual, say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. I just want the listeners to know that I do not do any post-processing when David does his goodnight, David. Like, I could easily go in and add or subtract the, the pause between the good night and the David to make you dead on every time. And I don't do it. David has to stand or fall on his own ability. And he does it every week. There's no shenanigans going on at the end of the show. Well, nothing outside well, of the travels and everything else. Right. And the preceding two hours. <laughs> Silken Floss is the most beautiful woman ever. Best thing about the spirit movie I'm was, so was, 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 was Eva's ass. Ah, uh, she does have a nice one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you all kinds of dead. Oh god. That's dialogue. Oh shit. That's... I think I'll go watch Fury Road again. I think about them big brown eggs. They piss me off. <laughs> What was he doing when he wrote this movie? <laughs> Where was, did this come whatever, from? Whatever he was, he didn't, he got a refill after DK2 and, uh, before Holy Terror. So yeah, it's just been, it's Frank, man. Is this damn weird? It's Frank. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Say goodnight. Bye. Good latest. See you all this weekend. I yeah, got a list. I'm making a list of everybody I got a hug. It's twice. a long one. It's a long Walk one. Walk around with a free hug sign. I'm not that desperate. <laughs> Almost, but not quite. Come here. This is the era where everybody creates. It's all open to you. Technology, the sky, the force of your imagination, your will, your blood. It's all open. What are you going to fucking do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to take your creative mind and let the blood of your creativity be sucked into material
Yeah.